This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Friday, September 4, 2020. Friday, Labor Day weekend, so that's that's a three-day weekend we all get. Now, it's uh, we've survived it because the last two days have been pretty volatile downwards. Remember, volatility is not necessarily bad. It could be up and down. We have a lot of volatility recently. Then the last two days, a couple of pretty big down day volatility. But it will not continue. It will it will bounce at some point. We just don't know where. We had good economic news today. I'll, I'll be going over that later on the show. So we're in unprecedented financial and emotional times. And the, the, we're experiencing, since January, a, a constant battle that we've had with this COVID-19. Are we winning the battle? Frankly, I think we are. I know a lot of people are, you know, still upset and there's still sickness and death and all that but you know we found better ways to treat it we've we found better ways to try to contain it and it's it's working it's not working like we all would hope but you know it is getting better and if we get the the vaccine and better treatments which i think we will we'll be winning this battle we'll win the battle i have no doubt about it i do not have now, remember, it was a self-induced economic collapse that we 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 we, uh, we, indu- we did to ourselves. But I think it was probably necessary. But at least we're coming back. We're coming back pretty strong. I mean, uh, unemployment, I'll, we'll talk about the unemployment, the non-farm payrolls that came out today, and they were pretty good, really. So we'll go over that. But market's still going to be volatile. It's still going to go up and down. And, you know, there's a lot of crosswinds affecting the market and our lives right now. But we can handle it. You just got to be prepared. That's all. You can be prepared for this. We are prepared. Aren't you prepared? Yes, we all can be prepared. I'm Steve Peasley, and today in this program and podcast, I'm going to do my best to answer any of your financial and investment questions. And I'll do it with, you know, try to do it with cold hard analytical skills, not any emotions. That's the key to successful investing. Bring out the emotions of your decision-making. Of course, the show is driven by you. Your calls make it. 888-99-CHART. Call right now. We're live 4 to 5 Pacific time, Monday through Friday. Live right now. Now, of course, I'm here at Invest Talking at my office at KPP Financial based in Irvine, California, we have the same philosophy I mention almost every day, independent thinking and shared success. So we're trying to continue that goal, continue to share the success and continue to think independently. And again, without any emotions involved in our decision-making. So I want to help you. We'll give you unbiased. I promise to give you unbiased guidance. Uh, and you know that we have, you know, I really, really do buy and sell the same things that I do for my clients in my managed accounts at KPP Finance. We call it parallel investing, and I really, really do do that. So, and please, trust me, I get audited for these things. So, I mean, I have to do it. So, 
I put my money with my clients. That's all there is to it. Okay, due to the travel restrictions, we can't really go meet with people. I used to meet with people all the time, but, you know, I'm having a hard time uh, being able to do that. And of course, we, you know, everybody's working from home or not nearly in the office as much as possible. I was only in the office uh, four out of the five days this week. So, you know, that's getting to be very common that you can work from home. And so... We we still will look at your portfolios and give you our our opinions. We still do uh, for no obligation free uh, assessments of where you are, and you can do it via phone, Skype, Jive, whatever you want, however you want to do it. But I encourage you to reach out to me or Justin. Send us an email through investout.com. We'll be happy to go over your portfolio, go over your financial situation. And help you with anything we can. My focus point today, how retiring early affects your Social Security benefits. You know, it's kind of hard to figure out how they configure the amount that you get paid. I mean, maybe we could help with some, uh, some clarify that a little bit for you today. That's what our main focus point is going to be about. Should you claim it early and later? You know what I think about that. If you listen to the show, I think you should claim it later get more more monthly benefits. But other topics I want to talk about. I'm, of course, the uh, non-farm payroll report that came out this morning. I want to discuss the Beige Book findings. Beige Book. You know what the Beige Book is? If not, I'll briefly explain it. And then I want to talk about the Fed's change in its approach to inflation. What have, They've changed. They've moved away from how they use what they used to do about inflation. They said they're not going to do the, do the same thing anymore. So that's what we're going to do. The market was much worse during the early morning hours, but still was down for the day. Dow was down 159 points, and NASDAQ down 145, and S&P down 28. I think I saw the Dow down 500 points or more earlier in the daytime. So... That's not, that's not, uh, that's a decent comeback during the day. So is that a reversal day up? A reversal day up? Well, you won't only really know that until Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, next week. Okay, let's kick off the first caller participation segment uh, with a voice bank question that came in earlier in our, on our Intertime Listener line, 888-99-CHART. Hi, guys. This is Zach in Michigan. Thanks for all that you do. I was calling in regards to Fifth Third Bank. I was wondering what you guys thought about it for a long-term hold and their dividend. I know it's a weird time to get into banks, but I'd like to add some to my portfolio. Thank you very much. Bye. Well, I think we might be early getting the banks. I think banks are going to have a you know you're going to have you want to be that part of your portfolio. Uh, so I don't have a problem with getting into banks. It's just I think it might be it might be early. See, so it's F I T B. Let me type that in. F I T B is the symbol. And Fifth Third Bank Corporation. It's a pretty big company, a big bank, fifteen billion. Not one of the huge banks, but it's a large cap company. Uh, they're going to make a dollar twenty eight this year after making two eighty last year. So like a fifty percent reduction. Then another fifty percent increase next year. To a dollar ninety-two, it's a twenty-one dollar stock, twenty-one sixty-three. It pays a five percent dividend. So I like the fact that it pays a nice dividend. Could it maintain that dividend? Yes, it can. 
um, what they earn. Uh, so they can maintain it. Cash flow is $3.64 a share. The PE right now, $1.92, we're talking about what? A 11 PE. The range is 4 to 18, so it's kind of in the middle. Um, um, surprisingly, they don't have a lot of debt. It's, remember, this is a holding company for Fifth Third Bank operating 1,149 bank centers in 10 states. So the debt is 71%. So that's kind of low for a bank, really. Remember, banks make money by using debt. So that means they don't they don't use leverage as much as they could or much as other banks do. 11% return on equity. Uh, mutual funds are been and they actually are down from a year ago. Down from a year ago. Um, I kind of like the bank. I think it's a good strong bank. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. Summer's just about over, everybody. Labor Day is this weekend. Now, as serious investors. We try our best to manage our fear and, of course, greed. That practice can make us better investors. So we need to talk about this. Your participation is important. We are taking your calls live, 888-99-CHART. It's been another Investor Friday, and we've all seen the market move up, down, and all around. It's called volatility, and you'll have investment and finance questions for Steve and Justin. They welcome your calls now. Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Let's talk to Tony in Richmond. He wants to talk about real estate. Tony. Hi, how we doing, South Good. Thank you for the call. I appreciate it. All right. I was wondering if the real estate market pulls back. Will the interest rates climb? No. They won't. You know why? I can, say that with all, I can say that with all the confidence, Tony, because the Federal Reserve said they're going to leave interest rates alone even if inflation picks up and stays high for a while. They're going to leave interest rates alone. So I don't think they're going to raise interest rates for a couple of years. I don't. Okay, and how long, how long, any anticipation of how long until that should start pulling back? Because like you just mentioned that people were not going to be able to make all their uh, bills and stuff. Yeah, I think what you, I think what we're going to have to see is full employment again. That means getting back down to way below 5%, probably in the 35 4% level. And then stay there for a while and then see wages increasing and inflation increasing and staying increasing for a little while before the Fed decides to do anything about it. They've said that. So so our first signal, Tony, is when we get full employment again, that'd be your first signal that, okay, now, now the clock is ticking as to when the Fed will start to uh, raise rates. But they won't raise it for a while. They're, they said they're not going to use full employment as a measure of uh, of of uh, inflation because it's what they used to do. If the, if the if we have full inflation, they start raising full. If they have full employment, they start raising the interest rates, assuming inflation is going to follow it. This time, they've said they're not. That's the change that they have made. That's what's going to be one of my talking points. That's the change they have made. They're not going to raise interest rates, even if. 
full employment puts pressure on wages and, and wages go up and that causes a cycle of inflation and wages going up, they're going to wait and let it stay a while. So until we get full employment, you don't, you don't have to ever worry about the Fed. Even then, it's going to be a year or two after that, my personal opinion. Okay? So it's going to, real estate, uh, mortgage rates going to stay low. My focus point today concerns a story how retiring early affects your Social Security benefits. Your financial future may depend in part on your ability to make a distinction between retiring early and claiming Social Security benefits. There's two things. Retiring early doesn't mean you 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 have to or should or get to start taking benefits from Social Security. So how do they figure this out? Okay, this is what they use. They take 35 years of your highest income to figure out how much Social Security you're going to get. 35 years of working and take your highest 35 years of earnings. That's what they base a calculation on. Also, if you don't work 35 years, maybe you, you, you stayed home and raised the children for a number of years or whatever, you can't get any Social Security benefits unless you don't qualify, unless you work for 10 years paying into the Social Security system. Okay, but I ha- but there are there are exceptions. There are exceptions, but those are the basic rules. So, how much money do they figure out? How much you get? Well, it's a very convoluted and complex formula, and of course, uh, there is a place you can go. And they'll tell you exactly how you do it, but it's much more difficult than you think. I'll have a little bit more about this after the break. Monday is Labor Day holiday, everybody. The market will be closed, so we have prepared a new Best of Caller Questions podcast. It will be posted and available as a free download. For now, I'm Steve Peasley, and I'm ready to take your questions live, 888-99-CHART. Invest Talk is all about above-average investing for the average investor. How do you prepare your retirement plan for a volatile market? Talk about it now, 888-99-CHART. This is InvestSoc. Is your portfolio balanced? Is it optimized? Is it delivering the types of gains you want and need to achieve financial freedom? Well, turn up the volume because there are many questions that deserve unbiased answers. And Steve Peasley is here now, ready to take your calls live. 888-99-CHART. So I wanted to say about uh, Social Security and taking it early or late or retiring early or late. So your retirement date doesn't have to match your Social Security date of taking benefits. You can retire and then hold off till later. Also, when you turn 65, 66, or 67, your full retirement age, you can take Medicare benefits without taking Social Security benefits. You don't have to. You can separate those two things. Also, if you really want to know how much you're going to get, there is a place you can go, mysocialsecurity.com. At least that's what it says in this article. It says mysocialsecurity.com. 
and you can figure out, they'll let you know you got to sign in, you got to identify who you are, and they got to verify and all that stuff. But you can find out what your benefits are. They usually start sending the, the uh, sending it to you, uh, like at age 60, 61, as to what your benefits are. Sometimes at 59, if I remember, some number of years ago from me. But they tell you, and you can take a look. And if, if you wait, if you get about eight, if, wait, whatever your full retirement age is for Social Security, if you wait every, a year until you're 70, and I don't know if it's, they pushed it back to 72 or not. But uh, you get 8% more a year. Remember, eight, you earn 8% more to your benefit a year. And remember, you get paid a monthly benefit. So that can add up quite a bit of money if you are in very good health. Okay, let's keep things moving. Here comes a voice bank question. Uh, the listener called from California. Hi, my name's Alyssa from California. Thanks for taking my call. I was interested in your thoughts on life insurance. I'm considering signing up for either a universal life insurance plan or a variable universal plan. I'm a healthy 25-year-old. I'm going to graduate school. So I'm going to be taking on a significant amount of debt, and I don't want that debt to be transitioned to my parents without a contingency plan in place. And I've also been told that these types of plans are helpful to begin while you're young because of the compounded interest and because it's tax-free. If you could just let me know your thoughts, I'd be really appreciative. Thank you. Well, to be honest, I don't like the idea. Now, I don't mind life insurance, but get term life and take the premium difference because term is very, very cheap, whereas whole life, universal life is kind of expensive because it also pretends to be an investment vehicle. But what you can do is take the premium that you're paying for term life and the premium that you would have paid for whole life, take that difference and invest it in a, a, a an index ETF every year. You're 25. The odds of you dying is extremely remote. And the insurance companies knows that, by the way. They know that. That's why they offer these, you know, whole life, universal life. Because, they, you know, if it was term life, they wouldn't make much money. Because then the premiums are so low. So I would rather see you take that term life policy if you want to protect your parents, something does happen to you. I'm going to say this. The odds are so overwhelming that nothing's going to happen to you that I don't think you need to take any insurance out, to be honest. But if you feel comfortable, you feel more comfortable to protect your parents, and I'm not sure that that debt goes to them anyways. Are you sure? Do they sign on the dotted line saying that they will pay in your behalf if something happens to you? I don't know. I don't know how that works. You know, so, but if you did and that you feel more comfortable, take, do the term life insurance to cover the expense. See, I don't mind life insurance, but it has to be for a purpose or reason. And she has a purpose and a reason. So therefore, I won't, I will support her in that. I just don't think she, she needs it. But, you know, some people want to be more cautious than me. Okay, as you know, it's Friday. I usually squeeze in a quick rundown of some of the stats, the benchmark numbers. A two-year Treasury yield is at 0.13, the 10-year at 0.67. So the, the, the yield spread between the two is fairly healthy. It's still below normal, but it's fairly healthy. The 10-year Treasury yield you know, is only paying 0.67 a year. That's lower than inflation. That's why people are not buying, not, not are investing in the stock market. You know, they can get 5 or 6 7% dividend yields in some companies. So why, 
you know, good solid companies too, who whose dividends go up every year. Gold, nineteen forty-five an ounce, it got up to a little over two thousand. That hit resistance, and then it's just having a heck of a time getting back up there and over it. So gold is pulled back to nineteen dollars and nineteen hundred forty dollars an ounce. Oil is at forty-four dollars and eighty-seven cents a barrel. It's been kind of hanging around there for some time. Gasoline on a nationwide basis, two twenty-two per gallon in California, three twenty-four dollar two or more per gallon, and in Missouri it's a dollar ninety-three. So we should live in Missouri. Okay, we are now, you know, we are now starting the Labor Day weekend, everybody. The Fair Labor Standards Act, the Fair Labor Standards Act, FLSA, does not require payment for time not worked, such as vacations or holidays. Yet most people, and all 2 million plus federal employees, generally get paid for holidays. So as we go to break, here's my two-part trivia question. In these times of giant federal budget deficits, do we know what it costs the U.S. government to pay for federal worker holidays? And across time and all culture, cultures, what is the oldest known holiday? I'll have the answer after the break, but for now, my phone lines are open, and I encourage you to give me a call. Any investment questions, 888-99-CHART. Let's say... You've been thinking about learning a new language. Okay, why? I mean, how would it come in handy? And where would you want to use it? Could it be that you have an upcoming international trip? Or maybe you want to connect with family members or friends from a different culture? I think you should know about Rosetta Stone. With millions of users, it's been the world's most trusted language learning program for 30 years. Rosetta Stone is available on your desktop or as an app with audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline. Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in the language you want to learn. It has a built-in, patented speech recognition engine called True Accent. So as you practice speaking, you'll get feedback on how well you pronounce words. With Rosetta Stone, you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. It's an intuitive process designed for long-term retention. You really learn to speak, listen, and think in your new language. Rosetta Stone is an amazing value, so your special skill set is within easy reach. You know you want to do this, so don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, InvestTalk listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off now at rosettastone.com slash today. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing 
by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's attack resistance platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com. HackerOne.com. This is Invest Talk. For serious investors, it's all about achieving financial freedom. That's why the unbiased guidance offered by Steve and Justin is so valuable. The Invest Talk Anytime listener lines are open now, and Steve and Justin welcome your questions. Call 888 99 Chart. Okay, before the break, I uh, gave you uh, our normal two part trivia question, and this is what it was. In these times of giant federal budget, budget deficits, do you know what the cost of the U.S. government to pay federal workers holidays? And across time on all cultures, what is the oldest known holiday? So, okay, in these times of this budget, of this huge budget, how much does it really cost? You know, they don't really know. They don't break out the cost. So it's almost impossible to figure it out. Okay, there's remember, there's 2 million federal employees. So they really don't know it, but they do know how much they pay them. Okay, so we can try to deduce something. According to the data disclosed in 2016 financial report, the federal government collectively paid all federal workforce, the whole, whole kit and caboodle, as my mom would say, $136.3 billion. That's all federal workers for all workdays. Now, using those 2016 figures, we can figure out it's about a million dollar per minute or $66 million per hour or $524 million per day. So, federal employees are given 10 federal holidays, 13 sick days, and 20 vacation days per year. Now, I'm just saying, that's a huge amount of days. 13 sick days? Per year, 20 vacation days per year. By the way, when you figure that out, that's about $22.6 billion per year that they pay employees that not to work. $22.6 billion, federal employees. Okay, I'm just asking, uh, for all of you who uh, work for a, uh, a private sector, do you get, how many days is that total? Three plus. 43 days off a year that are paid? 43. <laughs> no, we don't, do we? Okay, what's the oldest known holiday? You should be able to guess. It's New Year's Day. Early man looked to the heavens seeking knowledge in the movement of the stars. They were disturbed. They just they were, were disturbed as winter approached, and days grew even shorter, and temperature even colder. A few days after the winter solstice, they observed the days began to grow longer, and again, this was the cause of a major celebration in late December. 
the rebirth of the sun. That's the earliest holiday. Different cultures have had some different New Year celebration. For example, the Chinese have a New Year celebration also corresponding to the end of winter. And doesn't the Chinese New Year last a week? Don't they get a week off for the whole year? I, I'm just guessing. Maybe someone else knows. I, I, for some reason, I think that's right. The first documented celebration of New Year's occurred on March 23rd by the Babylonians over 4,000 years ago. Some history for you. Okay, the first four congressional designated federal holidays were created in 1870, by the way, just so you know. 1870, four holidays. Okay, let's go ahead and fit another caller question. 888-99-CHART. Hey there, thank you all. This is Mike from Louisville, Kentucky, and I have a question on JPS. That is the Nuveen Preferred Income Securities Fund. It pays a pretty decent dividend, just under $2 billion market cap, but it's a closed fund, and I'm a little concerned about the way they invest, but it looks pretty good, and it's mostly held by individuals and not the uh, institutions, only 9% institutions. My question for that, it, for you, is what comments or analysis would you have as, that, as find some of that for a fixed income vehicle? Thank you, and you have a great day. Okay, this is a closed, it's JPS, Nuveen Preferred and Income Sector, closed-in funds seeking high current income consistent with capital preservation from preferred securities. Okay, preferred to act like bonds. So preferred is like a bond. Um, they pay 6.8% yield, which is very healthy and nice. It is a closed-in fund, meaning they could sell at a discount or a premium to the value of the preferreds inside the portfolio. So I'd rather see you buy it at a discount, not a premium, and I can't tell from here where it's selling. Is it selling at a premium or a discount? And I have no problem with preferreds as a part of your portfolio as an income. So I don't have a problem with this. And you're right, very little institution ownership on this, very little. Um, but... You know, if you, if, I just would rather see you buy it at a discount versus a premium. Closed-in funds can be have a finite number of shares outstanding, okay? And that finite number of shares means there could be high demand or low demand for this equity, and that could drive it price up, uh, disregarding the actual value of the holdings inside it, or it can drive it down or so. So you just don't know. You can figure it out, though. They will tell you what the net asset value is. It's at $8.97 right now. But is that at a premium or a discount to the holdings that it has? You got to answer that question. The KPP Premium Newsletter was distributed to subscribers today and is packed with helpful information and some insight. In the market conditions sections, I explained that this week was a wild ride with the events of Thursday and Friday, or this morning, because I, I wrote it in the morning, and the market was down 500 points. The Dow was. They only ended up being down 159. But it's still a wild ride, is it not? So the market was clearly overbought, and a correction is healthy, I'd say. And as we, as we have pointed out for several weeks now, the market has been running on momentum. It may continue to do so, but pullbacks should be expected. And they're healthy. Though the market is volatile, the economic numbers are looking up. They are not nearly as good as pre-COVID, but they are steadily improving. So my speculation is that we will not return to our pre-COVID economic health 
until we have a vaccine or a robust treatment for the disease. I also believe we will have those things as early as this year's end or early next year. So you should subscribe to the newsletter if it contains a lot of additional information. I give you a couple of stock ideas, uh, portfolio management section. Uh, I talk about in the portfolio management section this week about the transition between working life and retirement life and how what you should do. So the newsletter, you know, the newsletter always provides very solid information. On the stock ideas, uh, I talked, uh, we were talking about a leading American discount retailer that operates 16,000 stores in 45 states. Also highlighted an $86 billion market marketplace phenomenal revenue, that revenue exploded 18% this last quarter. Those are a couple of stock ideas. Uh, uh, and of course, I named the names in the newsletter. The consumer watch section, I talked about smart watches. Now, you know they're getting smarter, those smart watches, and that's what I was referring to. And where they're getting smarter is going to make, make these watches explode in demand, and that is in healthcare. They're already, already tracking fitness, right? They're doing that a pretty good job of it. But what about healthcare? For instance, what happens if the, a smartwatch can take your blood sugar level in a constant reading? You think that's impossible? I do not. I really don't. If that could happen, if that does happen, think of all the diabetics who will be buying a smartwatch. See, I think, you know, what about, uh, you know, what if it could, what if it could warn you about a, heart, a, a potential heart attack or a coming heart attack? Because there are a little bit of little bits of signs that you're going to have a heart attack. What if it could warn you about that? Possible. It's taking your heart rate, right? I think it's possible. So those things are coming. And if that does happen, what the smartwatch industry is going to just explode. Explode. Anyways, there's more information in the newsletter. There always is. Uh, by the way, I did march in a new player in the smartwatch business called Fitbit. Have you heard about Fitbit? Might want to check that out. So there's a lot of information, valuable information in the premium newsletter, and it's easy to subscribe. You can go directly to investtalk.com. And after subscribing, you can receive the full report each Friday directly in your inbox, email inbox. Or why don't we go ahead and start, grab a, uh, a call a question, a different one, 888-99-CHART. Hey guys, love the show. Brian here from San Diego. I'm currently active duty in the military and I had a question about my TSP, the thrift savings plan, which is a federal retirement fund. Right now under the CARES Act, we're able to withdraw without that 10% penalty. And to be honest, I don't really like the performance that the TSP has had even in the past couple of years, let alone recently. Would you advise me to take it out or would you recommend taking it out and just investing in my in my own manner, which I can outperform easily? Thank you. Yeah, the problem with TSPs is there's only like five funds. There's a S fund, an I fund, a you know a, a G fund. These funds, there's only five. One is income. One is stocks. One is stable. One, you know, they're not. Then there's there's very little. Uh, information about them and they're not very good so he's asking about it if i you know it's a great great that i'm putting money in it and i think that's a smart idea 
But if I can take the money out without penalty, uh, I might invest it in a, in, a, in a better index. I might. But do you have to put it back at any time? If you do have to put it back at some point, I wouldn't mess with it. But if you can take it out, and can you, if you do take it out, does that, are you going to be taxed on that money if you take it out? Or can you roll it into an IRA, which would be no taxes? If you take it out and you tax the money, I wouldn't take it out. I mean, that's the whole reason why you use these tax-deferred tax or tax-free type and retirement accounts, so there's no taxes paid. And more money can be working for you, and you pay less income tax when you put the money in. So, see, so you got to really find out all those facts. I mean, I don't know. So find out if it can be rolled into an IRA, or if you take it out, you're going to be taxed on the money you take it out. If you are going to be taxed, don't take it out. If you can roll it to an IRA and buy an index fund, that's fine. I, you know, you can buy individual stocks if you know enough. That's that's very doable, and you have enough money. But there's a lot of ifs in there. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and I hope you are making the right choices with your money and your 401k or 457, 43, 403b, whatever you have. And candidly speaking, unless you have a lot of time to study fundamentals and trends, it's pretty difficult to know just when to move in and out or what to buy and what investments are a good long-term play. It's just, you know, there's a lot of options. It's hard to know. And, of course, that's where Justin and I can help you. At KPP Financial, we have many years of experience with 401ks and all types of retirement accounts, and we can guide you. We can explain why certain investor strategies would work better for you than others and what things work and don't work and what's aggressive, what's not aggressive, that kind of thing. So call our KPP Financial Office in Irvine, California, or send us a message through investtalk.com. Yeah, they talk to you. And now I'm taking your questions live, 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk. Good news. Steve and Justin have recorded another Rapid Fire Hour podcast. They take caller questions at a faster pace, but you still get their unbiased answers. In this special bonus show podcast, you'll hear responses to 34 finance and investment questions. The theme of the program concerns market processes, best practices for investors, and explanations of various terms and investment opportunities. So tell your friends, search Google Play, Spotify, iTunes, or investtalk.com for the free August Rapid Fire Hour. Independent thinking, shared success. This is Invest Talk, made possible by KPP Financial. Hello, Steve and Justin. This is Tony in Minneapolis. I was calling regarding VTIP, VTIP, short-term treasury inflation-protected securities as a position for cash. Uh, I'd like to up my cash position in anticipation of the election and potential drop in stock values and just a place to hang out and wait. I'll look for your answer online. Once again, that was VTIP. Thank you. VTIP is Vanguard Short-Term Inflation-Protected Bonds. It's an exchange-traded fund tracking Barclays U.S. Treasury Inflation-Protected Securities, zero to five-year index. So these are shorter-term treasuries, inflation-protected. And they pay a 1.9% dividend. And, you know, they they took a big hit in the COVID COVID fall. They went from 50 down all the way to 46.50. Now they're at 50.95. 
So uh, they don't, you know, you really don't get capital appreciation. You can, but that's not what they're designed for. So the question is, it, you, you said a place to park money because you'll get 1.9%. Long, long as the net asset value doesn't fall 1.9%, you're okay. But it could fall 1.9%. So what, but the good thing is, is how they protect you in, from inflation is they get reset every six months. Whatever the inflation rate is at every six months, that is added. If it rises, it is added. That percentage rise is added to the yield. So that 1.9% will go up. If it shrinks, inflation shrinks, it's deducted from the yield every six months. But I'm pretty sure we're going to have a rise inflation, not a shrinkage. So it might be a good place to park some money. Good. Well, this is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and we have one goal here, same goal all the time, and that's to help you achieve financial freedom. I talk about financial freedom often. So, of course, our work continues after this break. So get your questions in now, 888-99-CHART. Welcome to Friday. It's been a wild ride in the market. So strap on your wrist belt and pop in your earbuds. This is InvestTalk. And now more than ever, you need unbiased investing guidance. Tell your investor friends and neighbors that Steve Peasley is on duty and taking listener questions now. 888-99-CHART. Hi, this uh, question is either for Steve or Justin. I've been listening to your podcast for a while. I was wondering what you guys thought about BlackBerry, BB. And I'll be looking forward to your answer on the show. All right. All right. I don't care for it. BlackBerry Limited, a Canadian company, operates a security software and service company in securing the enterprise of things. Now, think about it. They were a telephone company, and they were the leader. They came up with the first keyboard, and they're the first ones to allow, you know, receive and send email. They're on the cutting edge. Then they fell by the wayside. So this company lost money in 2014, 15, 16, started making money in 2017, six cents a share. This year, they're going to make 13 cents. Next year, seven cents. Year after, 13 cents. So there's no compelling reason to own or buy this stock. Sales were growing. They shrank in May, the May quarter, by 17%. Before that, they were growing. The $2.8 billion company with, you know, uh, $280 million a quarter, which means that from a price-to-sales ratio, it's pretty good. But, you know, they it's just not worth the effort, really. It's not worth your money. It's not worth your speculation. It's a $5 stock, and it's probably going to stay pretty close to $5 a share. I don't even think it's worth $5, personally speaking. Now, it could go up to 10 but I doubt it. I think it's going to stay low. Uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be a buyer. I wouldn't consider it. Okay? Okay, the non-farm payrolls, $137 million, Actually, $1.37 million, $1.37 million new jobs were produced. Uh, they expected $1.2 million, so it was a little bit better than that. Last month, there was $1.73 million, But, you know, you expect it to go down as we put more and more jobs. What was a little bit of a surprise is the unemployment rate fell to 8.4%. 
it was 9.8%. I'm sorry, it was it was 10.2%. They expected it to fall to 9.8, but it fell further than that to 8.4. So what was a surprise about the report was earnings. Average hourly earnings jumped four tenths percent for the month. They expected it to be flat. And it was up one tenth of percent before. That's kind of or that's that's a pretty decent jump. Is that and remember, remember, our we are, we have eight percent, eight and a half, almost eight and a half percent unemployment. We don't have full employment, and yet earnings went up. Hourly earnings. Why? There's no pressure by the employers to raise earnings, but they did. Is that inflationary? That's really the question. Okay, and what about, uh, did you know what the base book is? Base book is the, the, the Federal Reserve has, you know, what, uh, 12, nine or 12 districts around the United States, and each one of those guys does a survey in their own district, the Federal Reserve presidents in their district, does a survey of economic conditions in their, their district, and then they report that once a month, put it in the base book, and we, we get it released, and we find out what they are. Many parts of the economy are experiencing slow growth or slowing growth. Okay, and they said because among, among there's lingering anxiety about COVID. The bright spots across the country were housing and car and truck sales. So the base book is saying, you know, the the growth that we came that we experience coming out of the depths of the COVID debacle is slowing. We're still getting growth, but it's slowed down. And housing is a bright spot, which you would know if you listen to the show, because I told talked to you about housing starts a week ago and then existing housing reports this week and how big those numbers were, and you would have known that because mortgage rates are so low. So... I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Invest Talk program. I will return next week. Monday is Labor Day holiday, so we have a prepared new Best of Caller Question podcast. It will be posted and available as a free download. And to tell your friends and family members that they can choose from over 100 archived Invest Talk podcasts as free downloads, they can do it at iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and InvestTalk.com. Independent thinking, shared success. This is Invest Talk. Enjoy the holiday weekend, everybody. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein chief executive officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART. 